every day on the big show. What? Gordon and what? Jake want to keep you up to date on all the action, all the newsmakers, and all the big opinions on the Zone Sports Network. This is What's Going On. On 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. want to remind you about our friends at Davis Vision, giving you 1,000 reasons to get rid of those contacts or glasses. That's $1,000 off LASIK. Start your road to better vision at davisvisionmd.com or call today 801-253-3080. That's Davis Vision. We are live today from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. It's the warehouse. Um, Gordo, are you ready for what's going on? Yes, I am. Let's do it. All right, uh, Zach Wilson. We're going to go ahead and hear his entire media availability. That's a really big story uh, today. Zach Wilson having his pro day. Uh, looked very good. And let's hear what he had to say after it was over. Zach, uh, what do you feel is uh, going through this this draft process? What has maybe separated you, you think, from potentially other quarterback proce- prospects in this process? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones, you know, for sure. Uh, this draft is is full of, of good players. Uh, a lot of good, a lot of good quarterbacks I've worked with out in California as well. Uh, you know, something I feel like that separates me is, uh, you know, just my passion for the game. Uh, I really, I really put a lot of time into what I do, and uh, you know, throughout all the all the years and stuff, you know, I've really just you know dedicated my life to football. You know, it's really it's crazy. You know, when people try to ask me what I do outside of football, you know, football is really my life. You know, it's like it's like everything I got going on. So, uh, somebody that can extend plays, somebody that can make something happen uh, outside of the offense when things break down is, is something I, I take a lot of pride in. How would you assess? What was your best pass today, in your opinion? Uh, yeah, we we uh, we drilled a good one, a high corner to Leva. We hit a, a corner post to Leva as well down the middle. Uh, two that came off pretty well. Um, you know, missed a couple too many balls on the ground. You know, things I got to clean up. So. Zach, talk about today. I know you only threw, but what was it like watching all your boys compete and, and being out there in front of all the scouts with all the attention and, and everything? What was it like being out there? Yeah, so happy for these guys, man. They're all living out their dreams, and, uh, you know, you can definitely tell they all put in the work. We had some crazy numbers today. Um, guys did some some awesome, awesome things that I know scouts are going to be all over. And so, uh, you know, it's great to be out here with them one last time. You know, kind of flashback of all those memories when you pull up to, to BYU. But, you know, super proud of those guys and everything that they've worked for. You know, they made me want to go out there and run my 40. How much, how nice is it to be able to draw more eyes because of all the attention you're getting that hopefully maybe those eyes will also see those guys? Yeah, most definitely. You know, that, that was one thing I think was a huge advantage for those guys is is to get them in front of some big time teams and hope that, you know, those guys would give them a, a chance and look at those guys and see what skills they have and and see, you know, that's the reason for a lot of my success at BYU was, you know, I had some great players around me. Let's go to uh, Rich Semini next and then Brian Costello. Hey, Zach. Uh, thanks for the time. Um, out here in New York, there's a lot of intrigue, uh, them holding the second pick in the draft. I'm curious, I, we saw on TV you had a, a quick moment to chat with their general manager, Joe Douglas, afterwards, if you could just tell us that that was like. And also, what kind of interaction virtually, I assume, have you had with them during this entire process? And how's, and how's it going? 
yeah, great staff. Love those guys. And, you know, Joe Douglas is a great guy and it was, you know, good to see him out here and, um, you know, they got a good thing going and, uh, you know, my, my zoom interactions with them has just kind of been like any other team, you know, trying to go through and, and, you know, they just try and pick your brain, see what you're about, you know, the way you process things and all that kind of stuff. So it's been good. Hey, Zach, and, uh, another guy from New York here. Um, just curious, have you ever been to New York? And what are your thoughts about, you know, possibly coming here uh, as a number two overall pick? Yeah, New York's a, it's a great spot. You know, I got family around that area. And, um, you know, I've been there a couple of times. BYU used to do a, you know, a foundation out there. So uh, we were able to, you know, go and visit. And, you know, I'd be happy to play with any team that drafts me. Let's go to uh, Norma Gonzalez and then Jake Hatch. Hey, Zach, was there any like immediate feedback that you got today that you hadn't already heard or anything different? Um, I mean, I, I don't know which extent, I mean, you're, you're talking about, but um, I mean, things have been good. <laughs> like, did you, did you surprise people in a different way? Did you show them something new or something they just hadn't realized? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the goal, the goal of today was to kind of show, you know, kind of what makes me different type of throws that I can make that, you know, I feel like other guys don't practice and don't try and don't try and do. So, I, you know, that was the goal of today was to, you know, be able to show what makes me different. And do you feel like your differences is what sort of makes you um, so highly coveted and like makes you so special as a quarterback? Yeah, I just think the the game of football is changing, especially the quarterback the quarterback position. You know, you want someone that's you know athletic and mobile in the pocket and and can make all the throws, but also extend and, and make things uh, from different angles and, and different things like that. So it was good to work some of that today. Zach, in terms of what you did today, do you feel like you went out and proved exactly what you had trained for in terms of your ability to make all the throws all over the field? Yeah, no doubt. You know, we had some that jumped. We had some, you know, some good ones, uh, you know, definitely some that I wish I just had back, you know, some some ones I wish I could clean up. But, um, you know, the, the goal of today is to to solidify the film, to show show coaches, you know, in person what you're made of, you know, how the ball comes off the hand, how you move in the pocket, how you interact with the guy. So it was good to, to be able to, you know, get that stuff in. Go to John Kuhn and then Chrissy Freud. Zach, um, be, being fully healthy this past season, how much did that allow you to kind of to showcase the full extent of what you can do as a quarterback and, and, and put those things on film that, that you feel like the NFL scouts needed to see ahead of going into the draft? Yeah, no doubt. You know, that was why I did the shoulder surgery early on is, is just to show these teams that, you know, I get a couple years under my belt of playing, playing with a repaired shoulder and it feels great. You know, I have no issues. It's stronger than it was before. So, you know, I'm glad I got it done. And, and, you know, now coming out here, it's just showing these coaches, uh, you know, that swag to you, which are, which are all about. Zach, Joe Burrow is someone I've been told that you watch a lot of film on. Um, what have you specifically taken from that to apply to your game, and how often do you watch it? 
Yeah, I haven't watched any recently, you know, just because I'm transitioning into the NFL film and stuff, you know, but uh, he's definitely someone I'll be watching, you know, in the NFL now. Uh, but my my junior year last year, he was a huge part, you know, of, of my mental uh, success that I feel like I had the ability to, you know, throw the ball uh, into spots where, you know, maybe you think somebody's covered, but they're really open. You know, I really did a lot of studying in the way that he played the game. And, you know, I think he did it all the right way. He knew he knew exactly what he was doing on every play. He took what the defense gave him and he extended plays down the field. So I learned a lot from what he did okay our our last two questions apologies we, we don't uh have more time with zach but uh let's go to um sorry jay drew and then dana green hey zach was the plan all along to just throw today to not do the vertical and some of those other things we've heard you can dunk a basketball kind of wanted to see your vertical yeah, you know, I thought about doing the vert. You know, I, I actually was training since January to do everything. Um, you know, tweaked my hammy a couple of weeks ago. Uh, we didn't have a combine, so I didn't want to, you know, do everything on the pro day and, and not be able to throw. You know, that was the most important thing for me. So, uh, you know, the plan going in uh, to pro day was to do none of the, the running stuff. You know, I'm going to probably film down the road and make sure I get, you know, some of that just because it's, you know, it's tough watching these guys do their 40s and stuff and not be a part of it. Hey, Zach. Um, are you kind of the same guy that we were covering at Corner Canyon as a, you know, as a person, obviously you've grown physically, you've grown a little mentally, but the same guy who just loves football as much as you did in high school. And also um, you've worked so hard to get where you are, but so many people have helped you as well. Do you, have you thought about now that you're about to hit the big time, how you're going to give back to the people and maybe the communities that, uh, that have helped you get to where you are today? Yeah, no doubt. Um, you know, I've already had that thought process of what I can do to give back to, to Draper, to the, to the state of Utah. And, uh, you know, that's what you got to remember all from the beginning. You know, you got to have that passion and drive and love for the game just for the game. Uh, you know, there's a lot of distractions when you get to this level. And, uh, you know, for me, that's that's the number one priority is just keeping, you know, level-headed and, and being able to every day just have that chip on my shoulder to keep improving and getting better. How have you changed so much uh, since your days? What's your biggest change growing from high school to, to where you are now? Yeah, you know, you look back and I just think it's all a process, you know, you, you know, your, your development physically, mentally, uh, you know, when you put in the work, the cream always rises to the top. So, uh, you know, I just knew if I kept, kept doing what I could uh, to get better, that it would eventually come through. All right, there you go. That is Zach Wilson, um, media availability for his pro day. Uh, covered a number of different topics. You know, we talked about the, you know, interviewing with teams, Gordon, and it's a little bit different on, on Zoom. I guess uh, if you were interviewing, if you were Zach Wilson and interviewing with the Jets, would you just come up with some really wild answers to their questions? <laughs> no. Like, hey, uh, no. Zach, take us through a, a, a day in your life. Well, I get up around uh, 11.30, shake off the hangover. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I go out, I knock over a 7-Eleven just for the thrill of it. And, uh, and you know, I, I really I really hate football. I don't really <laughs> when, I, yeah, when I get to the gym, I don't really work out. I usually slam a Whopper and uh, act like I'm doing something. And, you know, I hate the big city. I can't stand crowds. Have you ever chewed meth? It's really good. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, man. You uh, guys go straight to the damaging stuff. <laughs> just, you know, I don't know. But I'm, I'm thinking maybe the judge can change. You know, I, I don't know if they can, but uh, if I'm if I'm if I'm Zach, I, you know, think of it in this terms: if he goes to New York and he shows well, that town will fall in love with him. 
And if he can somehow help that program climb out of the hole it's been in for so long, he'd be the toast of the town. <laughs> Didn't they say the same thing about Sam Darnold? <laughs> That's a strong point, but Sanchez. now they have, they have a new crew there, don't they? Oh, and Mark Sanchez. And uh, who, was the, who was the guy in the middle? Uh, who barely got a crack at it. He was like the first pick in the second round because oh, yeah. he was the – was he from West Virginia? What was his name? Geno Smith. Geno Smith. Because that was so painful that it, they kept uh, – during the draft, he didn't get drafted, <laughs> but right. he was there, and the, the camera kept panning to him, like, will Geno Smith go? And it was just embarrassing. Um, he kept sinking lower and lower and lower in that folding chair. Yeah, yeah. yeah so all those guys were going to be the next ones to turn it around. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm, I'm not as pessimistic about the Jets as you are. No. Any other team, any, literally any other team. Um, but, you know, he'll probably end up going number two. And I'm sure, was... Zach, hey, you know, we make the jokes, but I'm sure he comes, uh, I'm sure he comes across very well in those interviews. Um, he's obviously very uh, smart, well-spoken. Yeah, he's got a good story to tell. I, I would guess he, he comes away in most facets impressing uh, NFL teams. You know, it's a little frustrating to me, and uh, uh, Zach is, is no different than any other young college quarterback or guy coming out of college. The answers to the questions, and I understand that some of the questions aren't that original or anything, but, man, they seem programmed, you know? He's been coached up to answer questions a certain way, uh, just like he's been coached up to perform on the field. And that's too bad because you really don't get to know who the guy really is uh, because he's he's fairly confined in a small space in his answers. Well, that's because there's a lot of money on the line. I mean, yeah. I, hear, I hear what you're saying. I wish everybody were, uh, you know, free to express themselves as they see fit, you know, all the time. But, you know, if you've got – if you got all that money on the line and all you have to do is just not say something stupid, I might rehearse it a little bit too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get it. I get it. But it's just unfortunate that these guys feel like they have to fit into that box that way. And like you said, there's a lot of money on the line. He just doesn't want to make any mistakes, any blunders uh, in front of the media and whatnot. But, and, and I wonder what he's like in a, in a, in a closed room with a, an interview with uh, player personnel folks. I, m- maybe he opens up a little more in those settings, but it sure seems mechanical, it seems robotic in some respects. Have you ever, have, I, have you ever watched the, um, the TV show Veep? It's on HBO. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I know the show. With yeah. uh, Louis, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, mm-hmm. Austin, have you, see, have you seen Veep? I haven't. Um, well, Gary is her kind of um, body person, you know, who's who's with her all the time. Um, and, and kind of an administrative assistant type, I suppose. But it's uh, Buster Bluth is the actor. Uh, Tony, uh, Tony Hale. Yeah. Tony Hale uh, plays, uh, plays this character. And uh, every time she's at, like, an event and she's meeting somebody, Tony Hale will lean over to her and be like, Johnny Lightfoot, he likes to fish, has a child. You know, like, (laughs) you know, and so all of a sudden Julia Louis-Dreyfus will be like, oh, hi, Johnny. How's your son? Oh, I bet you've taken him fishing, haven't you? I'm sure that's, that's what is going on with Zach Wilson right now. He's got somebody sitting with him before the Zoom being like, 
This is Urban Meyer. Uh, he is the Jaguars head coach, wife Shelly, Utah <laughs> Connection, uni- uh, coach of University of. Go ahead. But see, that's a little different. Uh, I mean, that's funneling information. But I, I think he has been coached up to he be is. very I'm making, careful. I'm, make, I'm making jokes. I'm just saying, like, you get you get the assistants to say the right things and to come off and make the right impression. Because if you make the wrong one, you never know why these guys are making decisions. I mean, there there was that wild rumor that, oh, is this Zach Wilson enough of a leader? Wasn't yeah. even a captain on the team. What does that yeah. say about it? I mean, there's so much garbage out there that can alter impressions with the, the team. You just don't want to screw it up. If you were advising him, Gordon, would you advise him differently? I think I would, but I not to get crazy, but I I I don't think there's anything wrong with showing a little personality. I thought he did, though. I mean, he's he's saying the right answers, but you know, you don't think he's he's showing personality? No, I don't. A little bit, not much. And maybe you're right. Maybe you sign the contract, and then you can you can uh, be more yourself. I'm not criticizing him. I'm just saying that this is this is the norm in college football now, that there are advisors at every program in America, or at least the, the, the Division I programs, where they have someone coaching them up on how to answer questions with the media. And, uh, yeah, it, 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 it's probably smart. It's probably smart. But do you know who Zach Wilson is? <laughs> No, but you wouldn't if he were a little more person had a little more personality in the interview. That wouldn't change. Oh, I, I think you could. I think you'd have a, a greater idea of uh, you know of who what, that person is. Yeah, I don't. Oh man, I've been interviewing people for forty five years, Jake. And when you get them in the right frame of mind, they will tell you all kinds of things about themselves, or at least they used to. Uh, in this kind of group setting and stuff, he, he's going to be very cautious because he's been coached to be that way for yeah, all the and, reasons and, that we've already said. So, I mean, I get it. I just wish it weren't so. Yeah, uh, I, I don't. I don't think it is damaging for a player to to open up a little more. Yeah. Okay. I hear you. I just, you know, we see charismatic interviews all the time and. I I get it. You can learn more about a person, but I'm not so sure I've ever come away from an interview saying, "Wow, I really know that person. I know oh, what well, they want me to know about them." But but see that I mean in 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 my experience, especially as a as a feature and profile writer, that's what the whole goal is. You go in, you have you have an hour or two or three or four, whatever you get, and you sit down and you do everything you can to sponge up whatever you can about an individual. When I did that big feature on Ryan Smith, I tried to, to, to get everything I could out of him. Sometimes you get more, sometimes you get less, but you try to find out the truth about who somebody is. And if they're not willing to, to open up, then you, you sort of get shut out. And that's the case. That, that, that's too often the case, I think, with college players because they have some advisor involved with the program who's telling them, not to not to get too loose, and I know there's a line there. I, I hear I understand why they do it, but I, I, I think they're a little too restrictive at times. I, I think it's okay to go ahead and and uh, yeah, just be a little more candid about what you really think, what you really feel, as opposed to just answering the questions in the way that are the least punitive in the long run. You know. 
All right, we're here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on by, see us. We do have some jazz gear for you uh, if you want to drop on by. But Clayton joins us once again. There are a lot of reasons to come by the warehouse today. Guess what, Jake? What? Sold out of the futons. Already? Already. Hey, hey. That's instant. Hey, check that out. Here's my little plug for 1280 The Zone. That's instant making sure our advertising is working. How about that? <laughs> Came in, they bought them that we sold them done shout out to our listeners shout out to our listeners they, they know a good deal when they hear one listen we had these blue awesome velvet futons now they're gone i told you about it they came in and bought them now they're gone man blue velvet though kind of sells itself doesn't it sexy yeah that's not bad speaking of sexy did you hear what kairos tonga did this morning and he had a big day what are you 35 reps on the bench is that good yeah, I that mean, is good. that's I know. insane. No, yeah, that's really good. But JJ Watt did like 34. Right. I mean, I know I'm a BYU fan, but well, but he's he, a he's a powerful guy. He is. I mean, he he'll go in the draft. He's a good player. You think? I uh, I'm not 100 percent sure of that. Um, I think he did himself some favors today, but I mean, yeah. that's a mm-hmm. hey, what do I know? I'm no draft expert, but that's a position that that teams value for sure. Guess what? I extra like him because he came in with his family, and his dad bought an adjustable bed. How about that? Boom. Hey, smart. Knows what to do. Smart so that family. That means his family listens to the radio, and our our listeners are the, are the bomb.com. They so. are, for sure. And you took care of them just like you do all our listeners. Of I'm course. Sure. Yeah. Of course. So while we were on break, if you didn't know, since we closed the Orem store, Uncle Clayton is now here. I know. I saw Uncle Clayton. So today. Uncle Clayton pulled me in the back and said, hey, Vidal gets a deal. Right. Ali gets a deal. Naomi gets a deal. And I'm like, yeah, well, you got a sectional named after you. He goes, no, that's that's named after you. So we got to so find something for we, Uncle Clayton. We got to find an Uncle Clayton special here, and and I think that we're gonna we're gonna go back and we're gonna do an adjustable base because, you know, there's no one better at selling adjustable beds than Vidal and Uncle Clayton. That's what they do. And the only reason I'm saying that is because Mike's not here today, so. Mike, it's it's Mike's day off, but no, really seriously, our salesmen are awesome. We have awesome awesome sales team here. They no one will pressure you. We always let you come in and walk. Um, none of our salesmen are on commission, and so um, no one does a better job than taking care of our customers uh, selling adjustable beds than Vidal and Uncle Clayton. So it only makes sense that we do an Uncle Clayton adjustable base bed and mattress deal. It's going to be very similar, okay, to Ali. And that it's a queen size adjustable base. Now, this adjustable base is made by the the nation's leading manufacturer. You can look it up. This one uh, hooks up to Bluetooth. It's the head up, foot up um, uh, base. And and the cool thing about about this base is that it comes from a manufacturer that goes with all the warranties and all the okay. the guarantees and everything. So you the customer can work directly with the manufacturer if there's any problems down the road with that. This adjustable base with a five-zoned memory foam-topped hybrid mattress that we normally sell mattress alone, $799, i am going. 14-inch five-zoned memory foam-topper hybrid mattress with queen adjustable base, $999. Wow, for the whole thing. I've got nine of them. That's it. Bases and mattress together. The Clayton Special. Obviously, I'm the better-looking, faster, smarter Clayton. <laughs> My uncle's—I mean, he—he he might be wiser. He's got years on me. He's got the wisdom. I was gonna say he's got that wisdom going. I always on. tell him it's like cars and electronics. I'm the better, more you know, <laughs> updated version. 
He says he's the classic. Clayton special, $9.99. It's that 14-inch memory foam topped hybrid mattress that we usually do mattress alone, $7.99. Um, $9.99 with the adjustable base. And that's just not just any adjustable base that's metal and got little tiny legs. Nah, this is industry standard, the, the top of the line, Bluetooth compatible head up and foot up, $9.99. Boom. All right, take advantage of it. The Clayton Special, come on down. You're not going to find a better uh, price anywhere on the planet. 1825 South, 300 West. Thanks, Clayton. Thank you, guys. More Big Show coming up straight ahead. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake, 1825 South, 300 West. Come on by and see us. We have some jazz gear for you as well if you want to grab some of that. But, of course, check out uh, the best prices in town. Gordon, we'll get back to your list here momentarily, but we do have uh, some breaking news from KSL Sports uh, reporting that Johnny Bryan is no longer a candidate uh, for Utah men's basketball as their new head coach. The program's focus has now shifted to current Utah State basketball coach Craig Smith, according to KSL Sports. So then the question becomes, did Johnny turn them down, or did Utah lose interest? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's worded in the same way that uh, the Alex Jensen news was. So Yeah. I mean, did, did we assume Alex turned – everybody kind of assumed Alex turned him down, huh? Yeah, that's what I thought. So I, I guess thought. that probably similar with Johnny. I really like Johnny Bryant. I, I think he's a terrific young talent. We call him young. But uh, he, uh, I think he has a bright future in coaching. And if Utah really wanted Alex Jensen, and then <laughs> if they really wanted Johnny Bryant and they struck out on both those fronts, uh, you know, that's, that's tough for them. Yep, but that sometimes is. things work out that way. I mean, uh, Craig Smith's a terrific coach. Man, get ready for some salty Aggie fans if Craig ends up uh, <laughs> taking that job. It can be yes, real indeed. a lot of salt coming from Logan. Yes, indeed. <laughs> we'll see how it turns out. Uh, you know, would, if you were Craig Smith, would you turn it down? Um, depends on how much I, uh, how good a job I think it would be. Because I think yeah, Craig. Only- I mean, if if he continues on his pace of success at Utah State, I mean. He's he's going to have some good opportunities come up in the future, or maybe it's a Stu Moral situation where he really does, you know, like the job and find some comfort and wants to stay. I don't know, but yeah, obviously only he can answer that question. So we'll see. All right, Gordo, uh, let's uh, let's move on with the list. Okay, I got a, a few more things. Uh, did you see the story about Hunter? Is it Salas? He's a highly ranked guard who just picked Gonzaga. Over, I think Creighton was one of his finalists as well, and he picked Gonzaga just uh, just before they those two teams play in the tournament. <laughs> I thought that was kind of interesting. But how are the Zags doing this? How are they getting? I think I read somewhere this guy's the highest ranked uh, or the highly uh, most highly thought of recruit they've ever gotten there. I mean, it just seems like it's getting better and better up there in Spokane. <laughs> Well, all the jokes aside, yeah. I mean, they're capitalizing on momentum, right? They're the, they're the big dog. They've got a, a coach that has had 
top-level success for a long, long time, not unlike, you know, other bigs in the coaching biz, and they're they're using that platform. Great cash, I, homie. Yeah, I, I guess so. I wonder if that's possible for Utah or BYU to get that kind of momentum. I, I It'll be – or Utah State. Uh, I, I don't know how it's going to turn out, but Gonzaga should be an inspirational story for other programs because it's not like Gonzaga way back in the beginning was, uh, you know, <laughs> a, uh, a blue ribbon program. But it took them a long time. Well, they had to hire the right coach, and then he built from there. But he certainly has it going, that's for sure. Well, a couple of right year. coaches, right? Because the guy before Few had started it, if memory serves, and then Few has just kind of kept it going. Yeah. Speaking of college basketball, did you see this story about UCLA coach McCronin? He criticized the NBA and the G League for pursuing uh, a guy who was a Bruins commit, this Dacian Knicks, if that's how you say it. He ended up signing with a with a G League team in April this last year. Uh, he's a point guard from from Vegas who was uh, supposed to be really good, and. Uh, you know, uh, Cronin thought he was coming to UCLA. The next thing you know, he signed in with the G League Ignite. He averaged uh, almost nine points and a little more than five assists and over five rebounds in uh, 26 minutes over 15 games. But apparently Mick Cronin was quite sour and salty about the fact that this G League team came in and stole his recruit away. And I find it interesting. Let me read what he said. He said, there were things that were said in the process that just weren't right. Uh, I know what was said to him. I know things that were told to him and scared him about UCLA not playing or college basketball not happening. It must have been, you know, coming into the pandemic. And that's cool if that's how they want to do it. They don't give a damn about what the hell I say or what I think. I'm the least of their worries. Let's just call it what it is and downplay that the guy was committed and changed his mind. No, 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 he said. That team actively recruited him, knew he was signed because you needed a point guard for that team, and that's fine, but let's just call it what it is. We're not on the same team. And he went on to say, uh, some. he, he said, uh, as far as, uh, whether high school athletes should be able to pursue the NBA. He said they should. It's America. A guy can go to war when he's 18. He can grab a gun and get killed for our country, but he can't put his name on an NBA, an NBA draft. Come on, man. It's ridiculous. I just don't like the two-faced lies and acting like we didn't recruit the kid. So he's essentially complaining that a pro team came in and took his recruit away, but then he's saying these guys should be able to do that. And so I'm a little confused, but this is going to happen more and more, Jake. You and I have talked about this in the past, about what the NBA is doing to allow these players who aren't really all that interested in going to college. If they do go to college, it's just as a stepping stone to get to the NBA and I don't have a big problem with that. And I don't, you know, Mick just seems like he was ticked off and wanted to complain. But uh, I don't know. What do you think? Um, well, I, you know, we can talk about him complaining. I, the, 
athlete made a different decision, which, you know, and took a different avenue, which is fine. Um, my takeaway is that uh, that kid made the wrong decision. Why is that? Well, he played, what, uh, eight games in a bubble in Orlando that nobody paid attention to, where he could be playing in front of the whole world in the Sweet 16 right now? Yeah, but that doesn't mean yeah, he got paid. Okay, that's that's great. I bet his uh, I bet his uh, overall brand and draft position and all that stuff would have been a lot better if he would have been playing in the Sweet Sixteen. Oh, there's no way of knowing that. You know, who knows how many minutes he would have gotten at UCLA? Well, I, you know, that, who that, knows? I mean, if that's my opinion, my opinion. I mean, I, I would guess if he played for this G League Elite team uh, or whatever it's called, that uh, he probably would have played a bunch of minutes at UCLA too. Cronin said he said some interesting stuff. He said that uh, college basketball has providing, quote, a free farm system for 40 years for the NBA, and he touted superior benefits for player development in college as opposed to the pros. Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure that that's true. Um, well, the part about being a farm system, fine. But don't complain about being a farm system and then complain about guys not coming to you as a farm system for the NBA. It just seems like he's talking out of both sides of his mouth. And uh, I I don't think player development necessarily is greater at the college level than it is in a G League situation. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, uh, guys like David Locke would argue that get him under pro coaches and that sort of thing. And there's, there seems like some logic uh, in that to me. But as far as overall branding and uh, draft value and those sorts of things, I still think that there's a really good argument to be made for college, 100%. So in this case, uh, sorry to, that Cronin feel, feels like a recruit was snatched out from under him. If I were that kid, I would have been concerned college basketball wasn't going to play too. So I can see why that came into consideration for him. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, I bet you he would really enjoy playing in the Sweet 16 right now. I, I think we're going to see this happen more and more. We, you know, where you know a guy decides to turn pro as opposed to play college ball, and maybe it is a little more pure in some cases, because I mean, college coaches can't complain about having their athletes decide to turn pro if they have that opportunity in one form or another, rather than the whole sham that's college basketball at some level. Because I mean, he complains about being a farm system, but. The, all, these these institutions are getting free labor, and you and I don't need to dive into that because I already know that you think that college athletes should be paid. I think that's what you said. Isn't that what he said, Austin? I thought that's what Jake said. I think that's your – I hate yeah. amateurism. Pay those college athletes. You were saying you had something like <laughs> a, a thought to finish or – No. Uh, we're live here at the warehouse, 1825 South, 300 West. Come see us. Price is so low, it'll blow your mind. Coming up next, we'll get to a market update. Howard Beck joins us at 4. Stay tuned, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. Wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute now, wait a minute, wait a minute now. You're locked on to The Big Show, presented by Big O' Tires. Stop by your locally owned Big O' Tires for no credit needed financing and the best prices on winter tires. Big O' Tires, the team you trust. This is 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. 
Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone, live from the warehouse here in Salt Lake. Come see us, 1825 South, 300 West. Price is so low to blow your mind. It's time for a market update brought to you by TridayTrading.com. Now, anybody can be a day trader. Visit TridayTrading.com. How'd we do uh, today, Gordo? Hip, hip, hooray. The S&P was up 65 points. We'll give you the goods. The NASDAQ was up 161 points. Give me more. Give me more. Give me more. And the Dow finished on a real high note, up 453 points and change. Matt Wells joins us. (laughs) (laughs) What was that one? He's just joyful. He is joyful. Matt Wells joins us. He's always so enthusiastic about Matt Wells' appearances on uh, on the station. The Dow closed out over 33,000 points. Wow. That's uh, that's rarefied air up there. Hit us with the Matt Wells joins us again. Just Matt Wells joins us. Good. <laughs> Excellent reaction to good news. Oh, man. <laughs> what that's, the, what that's that has to do with this, I, I don't know. But happy. Can't you hear the joy in his voice? Matt Wells joins us. I mean, it's not me saying fun, but it's, you know, it'll have to do, I guess, in this case. Fun. Yeah. (laughs) It is. It is fun that uh, that things are going well. Um, Howard Beck is going to join us uh, coming up right around the corner. Gordon, uh, if you had to bet this four game stretch, three against Memphis, one against Cleveland, just to guess. What do you think the Jazz will do? Larry Kraskoviak's on with us. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I would say probably three and one. Three and one? All right. Mm-hmm. I think they should take care of Cleveland, no problem. Yeah. But beating, uh, beating the same team three times in a row, and Memphis is good. I mean, not mm-hmm. great, but good. What are they, you know, 21 they a, and 20 or something like that? 21 and right? 20, and they've yeah. got an, a nice young core. They're, they're certainly more talented I'd say, well, how would you compare them to to the Bulls, Gordon? Uh, the Bulls team we saw the other night with Zach Levine and company. I'd Maybe a little, a little, more a little ten- yeah, a little ahead of the Bulls, uh, yeah, at least before yeah. the trades. We'll see how that what effect that has. But uh, yeah, I mean it's it's a it's an exciting young team. Yeah, so I'm I'm looking forward to it. You know, three out of four is kind of funny. Rudy Gobert compared it to kind of a mini playoff series. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it, it'll be an interesting test that way because, you know, coaches adjust and game plans change and you have to figure out different ways to, to attack your opponent. So maybe they can sharpen the sword a little bit uh, for when the playoffs do come and they have to do that on a game-in and game-out basis. So we'll yeah, see. Yeah. Little things. There's a real opportunity for the Jazz now in the West. I mean, we've talked a lot about that with the troubles the Lakers are having with uh, health and whatnot. For the Jazz to continue to, to barrel ahead. And these these NBA coaches are pretty darn smart. And so that, that factors into this kind of situation like you were just talking about, Jake. Playing uh, three games like that uh, out of four against the same opponent. It's, 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 some chess uh, playing has to come in uh, into the whole equation here. And so that will be fun to watch after tonight's game. What is the next move? And then when the next move happens, what will the counter move be? So it's it's fun, especially for 
for basketball people, people who really like to pay attention to the details of what's going out, going on out there. This is terrific stuff. I kind of like it, even though some people think, yeah, oh, it's boring, it's redundant. It's, no, it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's an, it's interesting. It's kind of one of those subtle changes in this unique year that uh, I, I'm with you uh, on the optimistic approach. It's kind of fun to watch. If um, I were to say, if I were to say to you, Jake, uh, the key for the Jazz over a stretch like this, like the four games you just talked about, would it be uh, precise, focused offensive play, or the same at the defensive end? Which way would you go? Defense. You've been fairly consistent in that regard all year long. Yeah. So I'll give, yeah. I'll give you credit there. So you think that's better than if the Jazz come out and shoot 55%? Uh, I guess, but I think they're kind of correlated, to be honest. Yeah, they are connected. And, yeah. the, you know, when the Jazz are in transition and uh, get the shots that they want, I think that means far more than the shooting percentage, as we've seen uh, multiple times throughout the year. So, um you know, it's never one or the other, but if I have to pick which uh, the Jazz success or lack thereof is based on their offensive focus or defensive focus, I'm going defense. I mean, in their latest, uh, you know, uh, I guess you could call it skid, but surrounding the all-star break, we had, uh, you know, Howard's going to join us next. I mean, Howard told us, said the offense has basically been the same, but uh, they let, let up on the defensive end. And it's impossible to make those transitions. <laughs> So how do the Jazz, how do you think they're going to try to contain John Morant? Dude's uh, averaging nine, better than 19 points a game, and he, he goes to the boards, too, gets rebounds and uh, nearly eight assists. Uh, you know, the Jazz have had their difficulties with that kind of talent at that position. Well, I think the fans will try to poison him before the game, but if that doesn't work... <laughs> Uh, you know, Gordon, maybe uh, maybe kind of what we saw against Trey Young. We've seen him do several things against athletic guards, but maybe try to force the ball out of his hands. We'll see. Oh, you mean that game against Trey that we all thought he was going to go for 40 points and he had four? Well, you, uh, not we all, but yeah, no, that, that, that very game. <laughs> That's still, to this day, that, that was a weird one. Yeah, I got to tell was, you. You thought he was just going to light the Jazz on fire. <laughs> and he has the worst offensive game of his whole career. <laughs> That's funny. That is funny. Oh, All right. Uh, we're here at the warehouse. Howard Beck will join us next. 1825 South, 300 West. Come down and see us. Clayton jumping on with us once again. And uh, it seems uh, it's nice having a few folks come through here, grab some Jazz gear. and We've uh, been busy. I love it. Yeah, it's I was great. just going to tell you, we're, remember the pillow deal? Twenty nine ninety nine. Yeah. Out. Stop it. <laughs> I promise. Hey, man, our listeners know a good deal when they hear it. Listen, I'm going to keep putting deals out and yeah, let's do have it. them keep coming in. So we're out of the we're out of the $29.99 pillows. Um, I'll get some more pillows for next week. Awesome. So we can do it. We can do a pillow yeah, deal. Yeah, people like that. That's good. Yeah, that was awesome. We tried it. It worked. And let's try it, it again. again next week. Yep. I want to hit them with nightstands. We did a nightstand deal, uh, I think, two weeks ago. Uh-huh. I have uh, – it's a very similar, made by the same factory, uh, nightstand. It's not white like the other one was. It's gray and black. This one I'm going $75, solid wood. It's nice because it's got, it's got these two drawers, and it's got, like, this little, like, shelf space Okay. on top. $75 on this, on this nightstand. Solid wood. Solid wood. Regular $149 each. I'm going $149 on the pair. Wow. It's already the best deal in town. Already the best deal in and town. And you're throwing in two. 
Normally, uh, normally we're doing one at 149. I'm going to do the pair at 149. So Amazing. basically, buy one get one free on these on these nightstands. While supplies last, I have eight of them. Uh, they're stacked in the back, as my dad used to say, stack it deep and sell them cheap. So we got those nightstands. Um, we're also doing uh, our qu- our queen bed frame. Um, really hot on the internet right now, um, where comes in a box. It's basically a metal frame. It's just a platform. You don't need a box spring anymore. It's not adjustable, but it is it is a platform uh, bed frame. We're at two ninety nine on that. So if you're looking at just a, you know your standard bed, you don't want any moving parts. We also sell those those queen bed frames. And of course, we're going to talk about my sectional. Ah, uh, the Clayton sectional. You know, build the bear, right? Uh huh. Yep. I might yep. get in trouble for mentioning their brand. I don't yeah. even know. Do they even exist anymore? I think so, but okay. No, anyway. I would worry about it. Who cares? Copyright me <laughs> if you must. Build the bear. You know, you go in, custom make your build your your little teddy bear, right? Yep. Well, here at the warehouse, we make your wildest fantasies come true with sectionals, and we call it the Clayton sectional. Obviously, because I'm the coolest. I <laughs> know <laughs> because I told my dad we got to name it. Uh huh. So we named it the Clayton sectional. You can come in and choose from 11 different fabrics, okay? You can also come in and tell us what dimensions you want the sectional. Coming in at 8 feet seven, seven, eight feet by 7 feet in an L position, we're at 11.99, and I have it in stock. Go to any of my competitors right now that try, and try to buy a sectional. A salesman might trick you and tell you it's four weeks out. They're probably 16, 14, 12 weeks out. I have sectionals. They're here. They're here. Come buy it and take it. Wow. And if you want special demands and you want to do a special order, guess what? It's made in Draper. It's not made overseas. It's not made in California in the port in the truckers union and the Texas freeze and we're 12 weeks. No. I'm three weeks out on a custom made by the dimension that you need sectional. Like I said, at the 8 foot by 7 foot, we're 11.99. The same price as a Build-A-Bear. <laughs> <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, you're not going to find another deal like that. And plus, you're going to get what you want, guaranteed. Of and course. support a local company. I mean, there's uh, best uh, one of the best deals you guys have. We're a small, we're a small ma-pa shop. And so, of course, we support also local manufacturers here in Utah. And we take that very, very close to heart. We love the guy who, who does these sectionals for us. So shout out to him. Come get a sectional if you need it. We've got stuff. Don't wait around. Come by and take it today. 1825 South 300 West, the warehouse. Clayton, thank you very much. Thank you, guys. All right. Uh, Howard Beck joins us next. Stay tuned. 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.